got a job at Equibrand, interviewed. They did not have um, a position at all. And I was just interviewing. I tried to get in there, no interview, no interview. And then like three or four months later, they were like, okay, we'll talk to you. So I talked to them and I'll never forget that interview. It was like the president of the company, the VP of sales, um, another person from sales, the CEO, I do not know to this day why they all sat in on my <laughs> interview because they don't, they haven't, I've not seen them do that before. And uh, I didn't really have anything to lose. So I was just on the spot and I actually didn't even know that much about the company at that time. Um, I knew they made ropes and some other stuff and I just wanted out of my doctor's job so bad, that office that I was like gonna do anything. Whether it be mindset, business, or action inside the arena, your host, Josie Young, National Finals Rodeo Qualifier, successful business owner, and entrepreneur, brings it from his tack room to yours. This is Tack Room Talk. All right, we're in for a big treat today. We have Jay Johnson with us today. Uh, she is the Director of Marketing for Equibrand. And uh, as, you can, as you can see, uh, we like to, we we're like at her to, home office today. Like to keep it real. <laughs> you you have your you have your, uh, your your peanut gallery over here. I w yes, I do. We we are actually um, we're traveling around Texas right now. Uh, we visited with Sherry Servey. Actually, she's a really really good friend of yours, and we're literally across the field from her house, and uh, we're in your barn over here just having a casual talk. So, thanks for for coming on the show today and having a visit with us. I really appreciate you guys having me. And it lets me be out of the office a little bit. You guys come into my barn and I, I did ask before we started this if it's okay if there's some strange sounds in the background because <laughs> like Sherry, we I have chickens and actually I'm not sure if these are hers or mine. They, <laughs> they come and go. So um, yeah. Um, really glad that you guys are here. Excited to visit with you. Absolutely. Well, we we also have Chance Shootnik with us today. You know, Chance is traveling with me. It's we were just talking about this a second ago. It's it's so much better when we go on these trips. Uh, you know, obviously we we work together a lot and and uh, you know holds accountability and we we have great ideas when we're traveling. So Chance, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. Like uh, Jay, I've, I've said this to you quite a few times. You've been a mentor of mine for for a long time, and I'm excited to have this. Like, I think we've had quite a few intentional conversations in the past, but like really pick your brain on some things and learn more about you today. And and I want so many more people to learn about you because you are such um, an inspiration and have done so much for the industry. Uh, like it's it's exciting to to. You know, learn more from you to, to see like how your mind thinks and the, and the actions that you put into place to to make those things come to fruition. Well, I really really appreciate it. Thank you. We've had a lot of conversations over the years, and it's always been fun. We always, if we had more time, we always end up at a at an event or some place where we're being pulled in a million different directions, right. and we get in like some pretty deep conversations about sales and people and marketing and we never really get to finish them that's true <laughs> yeah like oh gosh gotta go we'll talk more yep um but exciting yeah it's exciting stuff but i am i admit i'm a behind the scenes type gal i'm not i'm i i'm good with it um i'm gonna put the rooster up is there, <laughs> is there a way to pause you, it you, you guys just keep talking 
<laughs> running oh, on the side. <laughs> he'll, he'll go like towards Sherry's. Oh my gosh! If my wife was right here, she'd be freaking out. She hates really roosters. She got attacked by one like when she was a little girl. Oh, so PTSD. PTSD from she like those my chickens. Mm-hmm. Like when our neighbors are gone, they have chick layers, and like we'll go. She'll go collect the eggs and like. But freak out a little bit while doing that. If there's a rooster around, like, yeah. So the, it's so funny because I've been, I've fed this morning. I have hung around here. Um, just had, didn't have anything on my schedule. You guys were coming. And that guy has not been over here at all. He has just <laughs> been out in the pasture <laughs> until we sat down and hit record. They, yeah. The animals, they just kind of know when to um, interrupt. Mine do anyway. They think, <laughs> I think they think it's fun. Well, your dog was proud of me for being here today. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> it's all good. I, I, like I said, I probably have that one coming because I've been I've been given no, chance such as it doesn't. It, I made chance jump pretty high this morning. Oh my gosh, I'm at breakfast this morning at the hotel. He goes up behind me and like I don't even know what you said in my ear, but it's still something I something I seen on TikTok. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect. It's the perfect time to get chance. And, and I yelled and in was, the middle of breakfast. It was it was continental breakfast, and there was I don't know twenty people down there, and he about jumped out of his seat. And he caused a big old scene. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> all of a sudden, Jesse's like backs away, like sorry. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad that we uh, that we got that all the jitters out. Yeah. But uh, Jay, I I, I really want to know a little bit about your past and how you, you know, the journey of where you have been through to get to where you're at today. Um, interesting enough, uh, marketing was not on my radar whatsoever. Um, I really didn't have anything on my radar. So I'd worked a lot, like, I mean, probably most of you did. I worked a bunch of jobs all through high school. I always played sports, always had a job and then another job. And then make Christmas wreaths at night, you know, during November through December. And I was always doing stuff. And that was just kind of my personality this whole time. Worked for doctor's offices. I've um, worked for financial advisors. I've, um, can't remember what all, but through, I hate, hated school, college, hate it, hated it, still do. And I think it's, um, unpopular opinion but less valuable than ever these days we were just having that conversation yesterday that had that conversation last night with a young lady that um you know her her parents i think wanted her to go to college and her mom was actually sitting right there and i said mind if i give my opinion <laughs> and uh her her mom was agreeable with my side but you know i just i, I feel like it's good for people to hear that Hey, if you want to do something in, in life figure out what it is that you want to do mm-hmm. and draft behind somebody that's good at it because you know, like one of my main mentors that's actually a business partner of mine now is uh, Grant Cardone, and he's worth about $8 billion. And he, he's like, man, if you want to go jack around for four years, go to college. If you w- really want to learn how to be successful and be f- have financial freedom, go draft behind somebody who knows how to do what they do and then put your head down and, and go do it. That's a great advice. Amazing. And, you know, for a long time, I would never talk about it because I thought it was just kind of a faux pas that I didn't want to finish college. And I went for many years, and I was actually probably a semester shy graduating, but it was, I admit, half-assed the entire time. I did not yeah, same. try. Yeah. And, um, and, like, degree for what? It Nothing even remotely close to, like, what I was doing. 
and I ended up getting offered more money and different jobs than everybody that graduated and my friends that were like getting their masters and stuff had insurmountable debt and no job Mm -hmm. and all this education no job and I had already worked my way up in a company before this one um, to managing um, uh, restaurant franchises and we had like six and I started there like running errands and then ended up um, running their practice their whole company and just from the office standpoint not the restaurants themselves but um, we did we did w-2s for 1800 employees in a year mm-hmm. and heck. so it was I mean I learned a, a whole whole bunch there um, so I guess my background is super diverse from um, lots of detail lots of just kind of seeing an opportunity and going to get it as I kind of feel like and then I really wanted um, I didn't want to work for I worked for a doctor at the time I did not enjoy that um, for a lot of reasons and so I was looking into the Western industry. I, I did run barrels a little bit. I had one horse um, packed with me through school and stuff. And um, I was like, there's got to be something in the horse world. I'd never looked at the horse world like mm-hmm. that. I participated in the horse world. But, you know, I was 26, 27. I'd never looked at it as an opportunity to have a career there because I'd always been engulfed in other stuff. So... Um, Got a job at Equibrand, interviewed. They did not have um, a position at all. And I was just interviewing. I tried to get in there, no interview, no interview. And then like three or four months later, they were like, okay, we'll talk to you. So I talked to them. And I'll never forget that interview. It was like the president of the company, the VP of sales, um, another person from sales, the CEO, I do not know to this day why they all sat in on my interview because they don't, they haven't, I've not seen them do that before. And uh, I didn't really have anything to lose, so I was just on the spot and I actually didn't even know that much about the company at that time. Um, I knew they made ropes and some other stuff and I just wanted out of my doctor's job so bad, that office, that I was like going to do anything. So, sat, and what year was that? Gosh, I'll have to. Probably like 2004. Okay. I want to say 2004, 2005. I think I started with them in 2005, and um, they were asking questions from every direction. I just, I just answered them best I could. Not real sure. And uh, I remember uh, Ken Bray went, went out of the conference room and grabbed a splint boot, came back in and threw it at me, and was like, "Tell me about this boot." I didn't use them. I used PC. <laughs> I didn't use Classic Equine at that time. So I picked it up and just best I could was like, and, you know, protect splint bones and basically sold it to him. And um, they were like, okay, and we'll give you a call. And they left. I left and didn't hear nothing. Called back, just followed up, followed up. And um, uh, Brad Vance, VP of sales, he's still our VP of sales. He was like, we don't have a position for you. But um, you did great in the interview. We're all super impressed, so we're going to just, you know, we'll see what we can do. Three, four months went by, nothing. And um, I called again, just followed back up. And he said, why don't you come back in? So I went back in, and they were like, we're going to find you a position. I was like, okay, how about inventory? Like, okay. 
So. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I, I just um, I shared an office with another guy, and um, who worked at our saddle shop. So he came and went, and um, I started with spreadsheets and keeping track of like raw materials and all the little things that you need component wise mm -hmm. to make saddle pads and. Um, at that time, the catalog was big, not as big as it is now, but it was still pretty big. And um, I did that for a while. And then finally, like... Um, at Silver Lining Herbs, our mission is to deliver natural health products and education that help provide optimal care for yourself and your animals. With countless products for your horses, dogs, and the whole family, we have something to offer for just about anything. Visit our website at www.silverliningherbs.com or give us a call at 866-543-6956. Silver Lining Herbs, the standard for a healthy life. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but the guys were going to, like our salesmen were going to a show. And um, it was more of an amateur type show. It wasn't like your you know, open ropers, and it was it was one to where they um, had to actually teach people why they needed boots, not just pick pick the one that you want because you mm. already know you need them. And I guess like our salesmen at that time hadn't been put in that position to teach this, like where they're from and all the ropings they go to and all the events. Everybody already knows what they need. Mm -hmm. It's just according to picking our brand or their brand. So, long story short, um, our director of marketing at the time, Billy Bray, um, was pretty pissed at them and told them that they needed to write an essay or something that explained why you even need boots. And um, so then we had a, I had a friend in the office at the time and she was like, you should write that because you, you know how to write. And I was like, I'm not sales. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. And um, just, so I was like, eh, okay. So I just followed, I just did it and I. I shot it off, and then I went to lunch. And when I came back, there was a message from, I think it was from Ken and B, and was like, "Come to, come back here." So I went back there, and they were like, "You're in marketing now." It's like, "Okay, cool. <laughs> What's marketing?" <laughs> no, <laughs> that's basically, that's that's the story of how well, I got that, there. That's something that I want every one of our listeners to to know that if you're, you know. If you're wanting to do, if you want to do anything, if you're looking to move into a position at, at work or move up and at your job or whatever, is like you know, create more value, right? Like, you, you, if you can create more value and show your value, then then people want you to be a part of their team. And uh, we have a big philosophy at our company is hire for attitude and train for success. Like, I would much. Like if somebody comes in and waves their degree around at me and is like, <laughs> I can do this, this, and this, and I went to school for this, it's like, man, that that kind of turns me off more so than somebody's, you know, forward thinking, positive attitude, can do attitude. You know, it's like, okay, I this this person's coachable, and and I want them on my team. You know, so I mean, it, it sounds like this was you to a to a T. Oh. I mean, looking back now, like 100%, like now 20 years later, and um, I've hired a bunch of girls to work with us, guys too, and just that's 100%, like that's put really eloquently. I'm just like, I just get a feeling that they are trainable, coachable, have a great attitude, and um, 
have a little bit of urgency to them. That's super mm -hmm. big with me is I want my teammates to have um, a sense of urgency and not necessarily everything they do, but yeah. in everything they do. Um, Cause I think that it, um, it melds over to um, paying attention and making sure things are taken care of. And, you know, there's a, when I think back of some of the ways that I was able to latch onto an opportunity, I didn't wait around. I just kept, I, I really feel like um, that helped me a lot. So I look for that in people yeah. as well. So I'm curious to know who some of your mentors are. Like, who are your mentors? Um, well, honestly, um, Sherry Servey, like one of my best friends. We've been friends for a lot of years. But um, I listened to a lot of Gary Vee for years, years and years. And he's a little bit unconventional as well. But And then the, the, um, the lady I worked for in high school at a construction company, she was a huge mentor. She, I'll never forget one of the lessons I learned was I, she just, I was probably 15. I don't even know if I was driving yet. And um, she had me stapling receipts to invoices or like check stubs to invoices and would give me a big pile and I'd grab them, staple, 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 make a pile. And she was like, match all those up and bring them to me. And I matched them all up, stapled them. And I took them to her. And um, she sat there quietly. Um, she was probably in her 50s, 60s, always um, dressed appropriate, very professional. And she would take them and she took the whole stack from me. And she didn't say a word. And she got, opened her drawer and got out those little stable removers, the little clamps, and started and undid the first one and then matched it up, lined it up, the check and the invoice mm -hmm. straight, stapled it, made a pile. And I just sat there in silence and watched her redo my whole pile because I half-ass snapped it or, you know, yeah. um, stapled it. And some of them were lined up, some of them weren't. And I didn't, and I would just sit there. And I can't tell you what that taught me, but like, I'll never ever forget it and like everything I do I pay like attention to because of that moment. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> sounds like I could be related to that lady because <laughs> my OCD when I get when somebody has something out of line or out of whack, I'm like, eh, 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 uh, we're gonna have to straighten this up. Yeah, but but isn't that true? Like we talk about that a lot. Like like there's little things that we require of our team that might seem like that's ridiculous. Why would you be like so specific for something like a tedious thing or a small thing? But like our philosophy is like if you're willing to cut corners on the little things, what else are you cutting corners up that exactly. we don't even realize, you know? So I think that's a, a lot of that that example which you just shared there. Yeah, and, and it doesn't really I don't know, it it's a it's just interesting like the directions life takes you and um I mean you never know what, what's gonna happen. I think you just kinda latch on to opportunities, like you said, create value and see what happens. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know, like, um, Equibrand is is a great company. Um, like, what are, what are your guys' goals for the next five years? Like, what do you what do you guys want to do? Well, honestly, I mean, it's we have a great team, awesome team. Um, everybody we work with, and it's we're just like a family. Most mm -hmm. of most of us, and kind of that. Um, managerial level have been there for years and years. I mean, I'm there 18 years this year. And 
you know, when you start looking at horse products from all the disciplines in the Western industry, rope and all that, I mean, honestly, what else do you invent? We got bits, we got reins, we got... So I feel like our, our goal right now is to do better at everything that we do do. And we take really great pride in the highest quality and the most tedious attention to detail for, with saddles, with strap, tack. Um, and you can't ever stop doing that. So when there's downtime like COVID, um, like what are we, we never closed. We never quit going to work. Um, it was a little scary for a minute when there were no events because then there's no consumption of products and mm-hmm. then people don't, uh, they don't wear out their bell boots, therefore they don't need any more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that when you start to think about that was a scary moment, mm-hmm. we uh, just... I want to ask uh, a question on that because I'm curious because you guys, um, you guys are not a direct-to-consumer company, right? Correct. So, um, in that situation, was there ever talk of a pivot of during that time of because everybody that you are selling to mm-hmm. has a storefront or a tack trailer or something like that right mm-hmm. and when they're not yeah. allowing people in the doors like what was that conversation like um it, it was a conversation that was pretty short because we were all in the same boat and our a number one a number one customer is our stores mm-hmm. is our dealers 100 percent so we didn't really expand on it very much it was our customers whether it be um the people that are contestants and they're competing or whether it be our um teskies up the road those are all our customers and they're all hurting all in the same boat so we we didn't um even really worry about it at that point we just and on and thank goodness we're in texas and so you know there was only about four to six weeks that it really stopped Everybody yeah. else, everybody was like, eh, and just kind of kept on rolling. I know mm-hmm. Idaho, where y'all were, was kind of the same, same way. Yeah. So. If you drove through our town during COVID, you would have not even not It was that. actually busier during COVID. Yeah, I, I think everybody's like, feel. oh, you know, they're, they're <laughs> open. Let's go there. You know? Isn't that, so. It's funny. And you had to lean around the plexiglass so you could actually hear the like, cashier. But <laughs> Yeah. We would spend all of our time in this, like, you know, 60-mile radius and still go to some jackpots and go to the convenience store and it wasn't i didn't i would forget what was going on until i went to fort worth or dallas or tried to 100%. fly on a plane i was like oh my gosh this yeah. is like a nightmare i'm going back home yeah it's yeah. Like pretty normal um but anyway in times like that uh i think that as a company you just focus on okay what have we not had time to do that we've been wanting to do what have we what do we know we're going to have to do um, that's probably going to get pushed on the back burner whenever all the doors blow open and we're back to chasing fires and, you know, trying to keep up. So we turned our hats around and started doing, you know, focusing on a lot of improvements of our images, our copy, um, all the detailed things. And when you have thousands of SKUs, mm. it's real easy to like, yeah, let's start that later. So, mm-hmm. um we, we took a lot of time to make product videos, how-tos, and all that kind of stuff. So, and you can't, you just can't ever stop doing that. Even though I'd really love to come up with the next biggest thing in the horse world, you know, I'm not sure. Keep the main thing yeah. the main thing and, and just expand on what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, 
this is something that I'd like to get your perspective on and, you know, and maybe help out some of the, some of the listeners here. Um, when you have somebody that is in the, you know, either rodeo or a competitor of some sort, and they're looking for a sponsorship and they hit up Equibrand, what is it that you expect of them? What is it that you like to see in your in your pro team or your you know I don't know if you have a grassroots team or whatever that uh, would attract you to be to be in uh, to collaborate with you guys I guess. Um, I think it's the very loaded like question. There's not an easy answer to this question. Mm. Um, without getting too far in the weeds, every discipline is different and all of our brands are different. We have yeah. Classic Rope, Rattler Rope, Martin Saddlery, Classic Equine, Cashel Company. And um, us as a company, of course, you know, upstanding person, great horsemen. I mean, there's a lot. They have to have a certain level. Um, we do not have that many endorsees. Mm-hmm. Um, in the team roping world, we definitely have more. Um, there's a lot of great guys. They have to meet certain criteria as being classified in their number, and there's nobody under the threshold ever. Um, get sponsored. We have pretty strict rules. And then when it comes to cutting, reining, um, he's back. The rooster is back. The rooster is back. Um, he just wants horse, to be heard. Barrel racing. I know he knows we're on a podcast. He has something to say. Um, but very elite. We do yeah. not, um, we don't, we, we encourage all the grassroots. We encourage um, people coming up, all the trainers and hopefuls, but until that um, a contestant has met a certain threshold or a professional, then um, our relationships are, we don't enter in a contractual advertising relationship. And that's hard, you know, because we get, gosh, we get dozens of emails a week, mm-hmm. you know, of seeking sponsor, and a ton of them, like we read every one of them, we answer everybody. Um, a ton of them I would, we would love to sponsor. We would love to sponsor everybody. But realistically, we've, as a company, kept who who actually wears a patch in the arena extremely elite. And there's there's a line there. And there's a number of, and we, we don't cross it, generally speaking. Try not to. Yeah. Is there a chance that, you know, somebody could add so much value that may be not an elite team roper but it has a passion for the industry but has a huge voice that you guys would collaborate with oh definitely um definitely at case by case basis conversations um billy bray takes care of all of our sponsorship um sponsorships like that and Mm -hmm. endorses outside of um barrel trail there's that we we have such a diverse amount of brands and disciplines so we we handle all of them definitely different so you know absolutely answer quick answer yes it's worth conversations in all of those aspects but overly oh as an overall just technically speaking Mm -hmm. um there's very few there's very few people in the in the arena that have a classic equine patch and they have one on it's very intentional yeah so you could go to like all these events, hang out with all these endorsees and, and things like that. That's got to be a highlight of, of your position there, I would imagine. Oh, I, I love, um, like I just got back from 
BBR finals and um, the ruby buckle and the barrel racing industry is just booming it's exploding and I, I I've known they're all most of them are my friends like personal friends I think I'd be friends with them even if this wasn't my job um, and yeah absolutely there's just you can't you can't put a value on what they bring to the table whenever you know they're able to say hey these reins or um, this curb strap I've, I've used it for years and it feels a little different right now and we can like go back to our manufacturing and say did we change a thread did we did we skive an edge a little bit different and go back and drill down and take that kind of information to just make us better so it's invaluable really so I would assume you're gravitate towards the the barrel racing yes because that's my, just that's your yeah, that's my that's my community um, definitely yeah so what do you love about it <laughs> I I love the time clock. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm a big proponent of the cow horse cutting and raining. I love those events, but um, you know, team roping and barrel racing are just where I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the barrel racing, um, in charge of all of that for our company. And um, the breeding and the dedication and I, what it does not matter whatever stops the clock is the winner nothing else matters and i just i grew up wanting to do that did not come from a horse background at all so living in the city and watching it on tv and um playing sports that's what i always wanted to do when i graduated high school and that's what i did like I didn't use my graduation money for college. I used it to buy my first horse. So. <laughs> Priorities, right? <laughs> Where did you say you grew up at? Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock. Yeah. Raised in the city, huh? Raised in the city. Yep. Basketball, softball. Um, yep. Yeah, but that all relates back to the competitive edge, though, right? Yes, you know, definitely. I mean, there's, it's, it's so, it's so crazy. Whether you know, I've, I've got friends in every industry. But um, and the horse world is just, plus you're, if you're an animal lover, I was always, yeah, I was in the city, but I'd go to the vacant lots at the end of the block and catch horny toads and stuff like that. So just love animals. Yeah. And horses, um, they, you can, you can do horse sports for forever. You yeah. can't play basketball for forever. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So we talk about like mindset a lot, like for like rodeo people and like competitive like that, mm-hmm. but like, what about like mindset for like your like business, like what? Um, I do a whole, whole lot of listening. Like you said, mentor. I always have to think about that because I listen to a lot of different people and I, I watch a lot of different things. So it's hard for me to answer. And right now I'll be into something else, mm-hmm. you know, than I was five years ago. I'm always mm-hmm. kind of changing. Um, but I, I do um, invest in myself in a business coach and also listen to a mindset talk every week um, from some really good friends and an ex-military hostage negotiator who who is now a business coach and he does um, coaches for real estate and sales and other stuff and I listen to him on Mondays and invest in myself in a business coach um, twice a month for just a phone call. What does that look like? Is that like more like helping like with people? Communicate like you or is it like financial or improving communication communication yeah. yes um no nothing detailed like what are you doing at your job today nothing like that right it's like more of um 
communication, negotiation, um, learning more about body language so you can communicate better. Like, you know, if you're talking to somebody and they're maybe a little bit reserved or like they kind of back off, noticing some signs and make somebody uncomfortable mm -hmm. that you could say, go a different route or you could maybe dig in deeper or address yeah. that. Right. Like I enjoy, um, figuring, I feel like if you could just keep improving yourself and your communication, then everything else, your team gets better. Um, your attitudes get better around you. Um, it's something that I've never been great at. So, um, I do invest in that and like work towards, towards that. And it helps business. Like I'm not a big, we need to learn how to do a specific task in business and then go like, I'm, I'm gonna dig in and figure it out kind of person. And our, her whole, her whole team is, um, I don't think anybody on our team in marketing or in sales like went to this grand marketing school or grand sales school. Um, everybody really on our teams all started grassroots like myself and taught the culture of the company, the culture of the industry. And then we worked to put people the best suited for them. Like this person is so super detail oriented, master spreadsheet person. Um, you know, find their strengths and match yes, it up. Yep. And match them up and match people up. Yeah. And I feel like that's where you have the most success. That's awesome. I'm reading uh, John Maxwell's 16 Irrefutable Laws of Communication. Yes. Yep. Right now. And I'm a huge John, well, we both are huge John Maxwell fans. And like, I talked about that a lot. Like communication is so important. Like, and I think of anybody that's super successful, they're a great communicator and you have to continually work on that all the time. Like we do like disc assessments at our office. So personality tests and things like that. So mm -hmm. that way we can communicate better and know how to push and how not to recognize when somebody's in their basement or how to build somebody up and, you know, focus a lot on, um, you know, acknowledging effort, but we reward results and, you know, all those little fine tuned little things like that to, maximize each individual in the in the team collectively it's so crazy the different stages of life of where you're at <clears throat> the people that make big impacts you know like when i was in my you know a teenager or my you know 20s or whatever you, you know there's always some you know big name person that you know whether it be a rock star or mm -hmm. something you know but i actually last year had the opportunity um, my mentor who is one of my business partners now his mentor was John Maxwell and he's the one that introduced me mm -hmm. to John and I actually got to be in the room with John. We got to meet him. I got to That's meet amazing. him last cool. year and that I was just like oh my gosh like this is crazy and then there's like. Oh, he is like a rock star in my eyes. I know. There's a lot of eight you know teenagers and 20 year olds that don't know who John Maxwell is. They will if mm -hmm. they dive into that yeah. later in life but you know that was very impactful to me um, to be able to do that and just the just the the journey that that we have both been on in in the business world you know it's same deal it goes back to you know what do you want to do and who are you going to draft behind and uh so so it's it's fun so well i want to ask you one last question before we go here um if you could talk to um the young girl who's just graduating high school and she's maybe a little lost on what she wants to do um but has has some some dreams and 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 goals and maybe the her uh professional uh rodeo career or whatever um 
what would you say to her as far as looking in the future to have a successful career business-wise or whether own her own business or entrepreneur or whatever? I think I would say um, no matter what it is that you, if you don't know what you want to do or you do know what you want to do, um, don't hesitate. Don't wait. And when I say don't wait, I mean like, don't don't wait to do small things that might get you closer to it mm. and um, listen to your gut and act. Um, that's really kind of broad, but I mean, the longer that you sit in one spot and think about not knowing what to do, the farther behind you're getting. Mm. So think about what you do want to do and just go start doing things, find an opportunity. Um, I don't care if it's taking out the trash for somebody. Um, that's really like I wish I could write like a, a four-page letter to him, yeah. but um, take initiative and just do something. Like I always do, I do this when I get in a hole, kind of, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I should do this, and I get, and you end up sitting there, going in your brain, going in circles. I stop, stop that. You have five seconds to make a move. I don't care what move it is, make a move. So count backwards from five, and by one, you better be doing something. Um, make a phone call, um, fill out a job application. Whether it's in the right direction or not, um, do not, let me rephrase that. I don't want it to be a negative. Make moves, always. Yeah. Well, I think there's so many people, especially in today's generation, that is, they're so afraid to commit to something, you know, uh, whether it be backlash from somebody else, you know, somebody else talking about something, um, you know, uh, people, people want to wait on something else to happen. But I feel like whether it's a win or a loss after a commitment, that that, that point in time in your life and the experience that you had with that moves you in a direction that you're supposed to go. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's the losses really too. People are afraid of, of losing, and the losses have taught me more in life than anything. <laughs> I feel like I so agree with that 100%. Yeah. Don't that's my other. Don't be afraid to lose. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're going to learn so much. Jay, it was it was awesome to sit down with you today, and thank you for having us in your your barn and your chickens and <laughs> everything else. <laughs> yeah, what's your pony's name? I never asked. Chance. That. Are you serious? <laughs> oh my gosh! No, we just sit. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I just oh felt better about myself. I'm gonna paint the picture real fast before we go. I really appreciate you guys um, having me on. It was fun visiting, and like I said, I'm usually on the other end of this. I don't do this very often, so it was it was a pleasure to answer questions and get to visit with y'all but i have a 28 year old pony who doesn't have any teeth and has cushings i gotta give it medication and it won't shed its hair off and i've been back there trying to cut it and it looks like hard time all the time and then now you know you're giving me me that well i i i took a picture of chance we went to nrs the other day to uh get new straw hats and I took a picture of him with the new flat hat, straw hat on. <laughs> okay, uh, podcast and, and is then, over. And, then I'm a, and so on his birthday or whatever, I'm going to put a side-by-side of the leper and, and him in that cowboy hat. Happy birthday, Chance. Oh, my gosh. But Now, once again, thank you so much, Jay. It was, it was fun. Thank so. you so much. All right. Awesome.